Voice of Industries. Voice of Industries. Thomas, welcome to Voice of Industries. Uh, I'm really happy to have you today to discuss on how IT department in industry can bring data at the heart of operational performance. Could you please introduce yourself and your role at ARC? Yeah, Mathieu, thank you. And uh, yeah, of, of course, I'm looking forward to this discussion. So I'm consultant with ARC and uh, my focus area is really process automation. But let's talk briefly regarding ARC because I'm sure not everybody knows it. ARC is the abbreviation for Automation Research Company. Uh, and that means we are doing market research on, let's say, the maturity of automation systems. So we're really looking into the automation market and we are doing this for now more than 30 years. So our focus, or let's say my focus area, my focus area is really process automation. I'm looking into the digital maturity of uh, process automation. And I'm a strong supporter of the digital transformation of the industry. I would like to start by making a parallel with uh, what we are used to see in the IT world uh, with uh, BI or business intelligence. Uh, and my feeling is when it comes to performance, operational intelligence solutions are for industrial data what BI is for sales or financial data. Having said so, could you elaborate on what is operational in intelligence solution and particularly the difference that we, you can see between this kind of solution and MES or Manufacturing Execution System or historians? Yeah, okay, we have, to, we have to differentiate and that is really a good question. So maybe let's start with the basic, with the MES, with the Manufacturing Execution System. So an MES is normally used, so MES is, is a software piece and that is, is, is really used to real-time monitoring, uh, let's say, the control systems in the, in the production process. That means you're monitoring use of raw material, personal machines or supporting services and everything is 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 monitored by the MES with these data you can uh, develop really historian data that means you can you can combine these kind of production data in in files and then you can check Uh, and demonstrate that the production process uh, was according to the to the plan. Quality is in line with the expectation, and energy consumption was was here and there. So now we are talking regarding BI, business intelligence, and new software tools. And these new software tools, they should really predict the future. So based on real-time production data and maybe historian data, they can predict to do things differently uh, in future to be better, to reduce the energy consumption, to reduce the failure rate or to, to, to use um, uh, people and services in a more clever way. Are you agree with me? Is that a, yeah, the right? Yeah, to, to what I understand, it's... Um MES is tracking what is happening in the plant. Yeah. And from that, you can build uh, and store the data relating to the activities in the plant. But the next step is to use this data to get insights on yes. how to improve 
your performance and really to be a, a support of operational excellence in the plant. Exactly. And, and you've used the word BI, business intelligence. And these new tools, I would call it operational intelligence. So it is, it is a software tool, it's a concept that uh, refers to the analysis of the real-time data to improve the business processes and uh, operations in future. So the prediction to give, let's say, corrective action to, to um, demonstrate how can we do things differently and better. That is really the task of the operational intelligence. Okay. Having said that, uh, if I am a CIO in charge of the IT and OT in the company, how can I deliver this kind of solution to uh, my industrial plants? Okay, that is, uh, that is not easy to answer because different industry requires different tasks. But let's, let's go back and let's do a helicopter view to maybe generalize a little bit. So let's say the CIO uh, should take the following selection at least. Um, first of all, if he selects an app for operational intelligence, this must be integrated into the existing production environment. That sounds simple. In reality, it isn't. So he has to select very careful uh, a solution which can be integrated easily. Uh, then next one is really we are talking operation we are we are discussing with operational intelligence the analysis of real-time data so access to production data uh, must be enabled another challenge in the IT world we are working with standardized interfaces and more or less all all relevant data is based on Ethernet protocol in OT environments that's maybe completely different and you have to consider how to get really access to the required data and then of course you need an analysis tool you need an business intelligence software tool who really analyze the existing data and does the uh, prediction and um, of course and the CIO needs to ask himself hey i understand the principle the principle of uh, operational intelligence software so should i really develop this in house should i really purchase something Uh, based on a license concept or should I sign a subscription uh, and these are the, the let's say four main topics a CEO must consider before he's using operational intelligence as you said uh, there is different approach CIO can uh, take to, to deliver this kind of solution if we take the first option isn't it too challenging to develop internally this kind of uh, solution? Yeah, that is really a, a good question. And I think with, with, with large global companies, like big chemical or mining companies, they have enough in-house resources to develop something on their own. But don't forget, normally the core competence of a production company is not software development. So you really should ask yourself, is that the right way to do or should I use, let's say, a software tool from, uh, from, a, from a, um, a reliable supplier and maybe configure and adjust 
only some functionality inside the tool. Uh, I think that is a better way because if if this tool is completely developed in-house, imagine very very simple. If you use the developers because they are maybe retire in five years, who is doing then? servicing these kind of software. If you work with an external supplier, part of your contract is the service bit and then of course service is uh, under control. Okay, um, if we can still consider this uh, make option, yeah. the emergence of hyperscalers like uh, Google, like uh, AWS, yeah. like Azure, are they opportunity to facilitate this by building um, this kind of solution from bricks coming from these uh, hyperscalers? Yeah, I think it is good that you mention the hyperscalers and they are really, really powerful. But don't forget, we discussed before core competences and all these hyperscalers coming from the IT world. But we are discussing OT here. And uh, again, in principle, it is possible to use the service of a hyperscaler and develop these kind of software because external suppliers did it. Uh, but again, I would recommend if you have, let's say, reduced uh, competences in your team, reduced, let's say, software competences, don't start this kind of development on your own. Use let's say, an existing tool and maybe uh, do the integration and configuration yourself uh, just because this is really a risk reduction. Because if something goes wrong, you can always go back to the, to the supplier and ask for help. If you develop your tool on your own, then you take the full risk if something goes wrong. Mm -hmm. So... If we consider this option uh, of buying um, a solution from a software editor, what are the advantages you see for this option? Okay, that is maybe the addition to my answer before. First of all, the infrastructure of the uh, supplier option is proven in use because it has been used before in in, in same applications, so you know exactly uh, what this kind of software is capable. To deliver first thing second thing and we discussed this before as well a decent level of service uh, exists for these kind of software solution um, and maybe more important this software tool is constantly uh, being developed in future that means you are really uh, benefit from future developments and they are coming more or less automatically. So the supplier is improving the software capability, the supplier is improving the software functionality and he will for sure give you an indication that new tools or new features are available and you can decide if they are useful for you or not. And last but not least and maybe the most important thing is really cybersecurity. If you buy a proven in use a uh, software tool. This is, let's say, maybe in line with some of international regulations regarding cybersecurity. Maybe it's pen tested. And you know you have a piece of software which can be used in, in critical installations. And manufacturing is definitely a critical installation. And I think that is another aspect you need to consider very carefully. Keep cybersecurity under control. Clear. That means that in, in that case, the uh, industrial is relying on an external provider for, for delivering this solution. Um, that means he must expect some services 
from um, this solution provider. So what are the uh, what kind of services a CIO should expect from uh, these solution providers? Uh, services are important. First of all, it is it is really let's say a consulting service before the project start. So the external supplier is maybe experienced because he delivered software into many different verticals, pharmaceutical, chemical, oil and gas mining, for example. And he should conduct a research before the whole, before the implementation phase start to understand the S-IS situation on the CIO production side, first service. Then, of course, the integration service. And remember, we had this discussion um, discussion before, because uh, to establishing connectivity to all these OT assets is not easy because some of the interfaces are not standardized and uh, you, 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 you need decent service level to get access to the, to the data. And then, of course, lifecycle services. During the life cycle of the software, you need constant service and maybe uh, services regarding future functionalities. To, to summarize what, what we just said, um, can, can we say that relying on a software editor to provide uh, this kind of solution is a way to keep the investment under control, also to keep the project timeline under control, and to reduce the risk in your investment because you use a proven in-use solution uh, either on the operational side and on the cybersecurity side. Yes, so I agree entirely what, what, you, what you really summarized. Uh, that is correct and that's what we discussed before. We can see different options in the way to buy solution on the market. Uh, you mentioned licensing, you mentioned subscription. Uh, could you give, uh, give us some pros and cons uh, between these two kinds of uh, way to, to buy solutions? Yeah, I think that is really a tough decision and this decision has to be made. So um, if, if I buy, let's say, the license, first of all, it's normally a CARPEX investment. If I buy a subscription, it's an OPEX uh, investment. And I think we all know the, uh, the subscription model from... Uh, our famous uh, Windows operation system. I think everything around Windows is now on subscription basis. And, and with, with, with Windows, you really see the advantages. You get the, the services, you get additional software functionality. You have the patch management uh, behind the, the software stack. And, and this is all covered uh, with the subscription model. So you have fixed cost, you have a, 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 a predictable timeline. What's happened? What happens next? And uh, you have really service capabilities over the life cycle, and and that is a different. If you go back to the to the license model, you buy something uh, off the shelf, and and then this kind of software is installed uh, on the on the production level, and you have to live with that. If you want to get additional functionality, if you want to get, let's say, a little bit flexibility to maybe use this software in a different way, you have to, to, to buy additional software pieces, additional licenses, or you have to buy simply services to, to modify and update the software. And, and these are the two differences. So subs subscription model runs normally for a, a certain period of time. 
the license model is something you buy something and then you are the owner of the software and you have to live with it. And what fits better to, to the CEO's company, that is the decision of the CEO and I'm pretty sure of the CFO as well. Very clear. Um, you just previously mentioned one aspect is the fact that software editor should provide additional functionality over the time. I, I want to make the same parallel as you made with Windows, but this time with Office uh, 365, yeah. uh, where we can see that you have new application included in your subscription without any uh, change in the price or new functionalities are brought uh, um, regularly. Do you think this kind of approach uh, are suitable or will appear on the market in, um, uh, I would say, software for industry? I think the, the software for industry cannot be reluctant against this because, as you said, in Office 365, it is already the case that people expect from subscription models uh, functional updates. And everybody is appreciating that. And, and so I'm, I'm feeling in uh, OT software, this will happen as well. If I select a subscription model for operational intelligence software, I think the user sooner or later will simply expect that functional, uh, functional updates will be covered within the subscription pricing model. I think it, will, it, it should be a standard anyway. In conclusion, could you give us some the trend you observe regarding operational intelligence implementation strategies, the way CIO implements solutions? Yeah. First of all, I think in the past, let's say, three years, maybe from 2019 on, we all learned expect the unexpected. So um, production optimization, production flexibility is, is really needed due to events uh, such as a pandemic or the climate changes. So we have to react, that's for sure. And we need, let's say, software support to take the right decisions. Remember my statement, we, we need in future fact-based decision-taking. So it is really important to optimize the production or to reconfigure the uh, production according to these external factor, factors and therefore you need access to real-time data. So the CIO really needs to uh, consider this is fact, we cannot discuss. So IoT integration is something which happens on top. So he should not, the CIO should not rely on the existing production data only. He has to combine existing data with IoT data, which help for uh, some measurements or maybe improve the, the, the quality uh, observation. So the requirements for the uh, operational intelligence software are really constantly changing, as discussed before. Production environment during pandemic or uh, during now meeting the, uh, the climate objective uh, is pressurizing the production. And therefore, from my point of view, a, f a flexible software is really based on this subscription model because there is flexibility built in and you get best of breed functionality from other uh, areas. For example, if, if there's a, a nice tool for to improve and maybe reduce the energy consumption in 
chemical production, you can use these kind of, of methodologies in mining as well and vice versa. So And, and, and this is easy to use uh, in a subscription model that is easier for the suppliers and there's a lot in for the for the users as well because they get always the state-of-the-art software tool. So maybe this is something we didn't discuss previously in this conversation is the fact of uh, buying something on the market can provide you a solution that is capitalizing and accumulating all the knowledge taken from the many use cases it has been used in in several industries so you can uh, leverage on this uh, knowledge that the software editor is putting in the solution. Yes, I agree. It, I wouldn't call it artificial intelligence, but again, it's best practice software because this is really multi-vertical or multi-vertical solutions are built in, in the software. And uh, I think it is, it is really important that the users are benefit from findings in different verticals and with this subscription models all these functionality can be can be delivered to the CIO and because of that I think the subscription model is the preferred model to to have really a, a flexible software uh, on site. Thank you Thomas uh, it was really a pleasure to share with you on this topic which is not an easy one because a lot of industrial are asking Uh, the question we discussed today uh, since many years. So thank you again. Yeah, Mathieu, thank you very much. It was my pleasure being here and looking forward uh, for the next discussion in future. Thanks.